Hey, welcome back to the BU Podcast. I'm Jasmine Ox. I'm your host. Thanks for hanging out with me again. Um, today on the show, we're talking about one of my favorite subjects, music. I know every every show at the end of the show, we talk about music with the, the name, the memory game. But this time, we're going to dive a little bit more into it because I have someone who is just as crazy about music like I am. Her name is Brooke Reese. She's the host of the chart show and the Pop Hits Radio show over at Apple Music. And this right here is actually kind of a full circle moment for me. Let me give you a little backstory. So Brooke and I met back in January 2015 over an email. Okay, um, I was still in school and one of my assignments was to reach out to someone who was working in the business and doing the same thing that I wanted to do. At the time, Brooke Reese was an on-air midday and weekend host over at KGI in Riverside. And um, she was so kind enough to bring me by the studio, gave me a tour, and sat down, and we just chat for a little while. And it was a really good time. And since then, we've did nothing but kept in touch, hung out, and just really formed a great relationship over the years. And I'm so proud of that. So I'm bringing her on the show so we can get to know more about her and her quirkiness and her awesomeness and everything about music. So please help me welcome Brooke Reese. Of course. I'm just so happy we're able to do this. I mean, I know our schedules have been kind of like it even comes to catching up, but I'm just happy to meet this work today. Oh my god, of course. Honestly, it's it's really, really cool to see like everything you've been doing over Thank the last you. handful of years. Like not only this, it's killing it at your new job. Like I love watching people shine and thrive. So just gotta give you your flowers, girl, because Thank you, Brooke. I appreciate that. So Brooke, you are currently on air right now, Apple Music. Um, but before we get there, you have been doing radio for a while, so I'm just curious to know what exactly made you want to be a radio host? Um, honestly, <laughs> I think it was that when I realized you can get paid to talk for a living, I uh-huh. was like, oh, there's something here. Um, because I feel like when you're younger, you don't really necessarily think about certain jobs. There's just like such a vast amount of jobs out there. Right. Like, even if you want to go into radio, there's so many different aspects of, like, being on radio. I think, obviously, we think of, like, talent and producers as, like, the main focus. Mm-hmm. But there's so many. So, for me, it was realizing that I talk way too much. I was always kind of, like, on the edge of my seat. Like, uh-huh. to be honest, looking back, I probably had, like, undiagnosed ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, but I think it was realizing, like, dang, like, I get paid to talk for a living and kind of, like, be myself. Like, mm-hmm. music too so I get it now prior to Apple Music you had the privilege of working at United 2.7 in Palm Springs and 99.1 KGGI in Riverside which are both two huge radio stations in the Inland Empire what was your experience like working at both of those stations it's so funny because I was thinking back to these um not that long ago I forgot why I brought this up maybe to my boyfriend or something but I was just (laughs) jobs and how it's like so crazy how long ago they were um kgbi was fun because i started there as an intern and like did the whole like literally worked my way up the ladder stitch yeah Two was fun in palm springs because that was my first like full-time gig on air where i got to do like an actual shift like six days a week and i was working both jobs at the same time because i didn't want to let one of them go mm-hmm. You know, I was just so, at the time, like, about making my career happen and, like, making things move forward that I didn't want to let anything go for opportunity purposes. Right. Um, and also, I, I like working both jobs. I like the people that I work with as well, which, you know this. Like, yes. Like, the community is also what makes your job so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's really interesting because they're definitely two different markets. Right. Uh, but Unity 2 was fun because I learned a lot. I, like and I feel like groomed myself pretty quickly. Um, I made one of my best friends uh, out there in Palm Springs, because we are still friends to this day. Bianca. Yeah, she's still on Unity 2. She's like music director and killing it, and she's like syndicated in all these other markets. Uh-huh. Her and I are still besties. That's great. Uh, 
I know. So I love that. That's like the best thing I got out of that job. Um, and 991 is where I learned so much because I just did anything and everything that they would allow me to do there. Like, I remember at one point I was working the front desk and uh-huh. I was working like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand, like, the budget is not that big. So you just do anything and everything to make yourself absolutely invaluable to the company. Right. Is there any moment where you feel like, dang, I kind of want to go back to those days? Do you like, Do you miss them at all or are you con- content where you are right now? I mean, I think there's just more of that nostalgia factor yeah. of, like, this who you were maybe a little bit. I don't necessarily miss the struggle. <laughs> uh, because also, right, like, as adults, like, your brain is legit not fully formed until you're 25 years old. True. So just growing and doing so much. And I started in radio when I was 20 years old, so I just did so much growing and so much learning anyways. I think it's more of, like, I just miss, like, like quote, being young in that essence of, like, I was super carefree, like still figuring out who I was. Yeah. So much fun. Like, like nothing was too serious. Like nothing in life felt so heavy at the moment. It was just fun getting to be in music, listening uh, to different songs, going to different shows all the time. It's just that aspect of like, everything felt a little lighter, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. And especially because like you said, you're at a young, young age, you're talking to so many different artists that you probably like grew up listening to. So it's kind of like, wow, like this is, it's like a super cool job and to where it doesn't feel like work. So oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like it's funny too, when you're like meeting artists in the earlier stages of their career, like uh-huh. or people like that is so funny, you know, like J Cole is coming into our, like these are before people are like blowing up. Yeah. And to these smaller stations. It's funny now. You know what I mean? I feel like everybody who's worked in, in radio has those photos of the, of the artists way back when. Right. Uh, those are fun too. Cause it's also fun to watch somebody grow in their career while you're growing in yours too. I feel like I had Becky G on my show. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, a handful of months ago mm-hmm. uh, when her album came out, but it was funny because her and I were both talking like, damn, we really like have grown together and it's great to see where we both ended up. And obviously she's doing absolutely massive, massive yes, things. Yes, she is. It is a name, but you know, it's fun to kind of watch somebody too from the beginning because you were there way back when. Right, and I do remember when you interviewed Becky G. You, met, you interviewed her like a few times actually, um, while at KGGI. But just to see, like you said, like the growth, it's just, it's it's so I don't know, it's so fulfilling to see. Like it's it's awesome. Oh, 100%. Is there any other artists um, that you are really like proud of right now? Whether that you probably knew them before, or just had like a chance to interview them early on, that you see them now, like wow, I did not realize that they're gonna go this far. I'm trying to think in my head of like somebody who's maybe like broke out of it. Okay. I have a couple actually. Okay. When I first started at Apple, um, Apple was like the cool kid. Like we were very like picky on like who we were chatting with and whatever, because of like what we were trying to portray. Right. Uh, not that we like had our noses up to anything. Oh, what? This is like 2015. Oh, wow. I love Dua. She's um, she's amazing. And um, this is when, like, Hotter Than Hell, Be The One, like, way back when. And so it's funny because now she's, like, a full-blown, massive, massive superstar. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, she for sure wouldn't even remember me. But um, (laughs) she was so polite and so sweet. And it was just so fun to have that chat with her so early on because she's so new also. Like, I was one of her, like, first interviews. So, like, they're also getting their footing of that PR work of kind of figuring out, Uh like, support them and not make them feel nervous in any type of way. That one's always really fun to think about um, because I just remember her in a different light. Yeah. There's an artist named uh, Betty Who, who I absolutely love and is an incredible pop artist and a huge supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. I like her music a lot. Like now versus even like four years ago 
and she was the one gassing me up, which she didn't even <laughs> It was really sweet that she was even doing that in general. She's like, don't forget about how far you come to. Like, you always come in here and gas everyone up. Right. It's just really nice to, to have it go both ways, you know? Exactly, yeah. Um, speaking of Apple Music, how did Apple Music come about? You've been there for, I think, what, almost seven years, or is it eight years now? Wow. Crazy. How did the opportunity come about? Um, there is this woman, Julie Pilot, who is very well known in the radio and music community. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was friends with my aunt, who uh, was also in radio. Yes. Oh, baby. Um, but yeah, my aunt worked in radio for a really long time and made friends with Julie. And then Julie kind of like, she's very good at keeping tabs on people. Like, mm-hmm. people really hard workers she sees something in people she's good at kind of like keeping tabs and she would always keep tabs on me I'd always send her an air check um show her my growth and all of that and then one day I was on air uh at KBGI I was doing middays yeah and, she me. and so I was like hello <laughs> um and she's like hey I have this really great opportunity but you have to sign an NDA uh, before you come, but come down to Culver City, and I was like, I'm on the air right now. She's like, can you come right after you get off? I was like, okay. So literally, it was like two, I think, when my show ended, and I got in the car and went to LA and left for her side. Um, signed the NDA, realized that Apple was doing this like flip and launch, and they were trying mm-hmm. to launch radio stations. And they told me about the show they wanted me to host, which was like a countdown show, and they wanted it to be essentially like a safe space. For yeah. People was going to be so new music for that um sometimes it's not fun to listen to music when you don't know any of the songs you right know? a nice uh like place of comfort for people to find and so i auditioned for the show that day like i had to do live breaks for them and kind of record and do like a live air check and then later they got in my car and i got home that night and they offered me the job it was the craziest like 12 hours of my life wow like instantly just like, like boop instantly. boop boop she called me she's so funny she's like i've never changed anyone's life this fast before <laughs> Um, I have met Julie one time, but everyone that I've talked to who knows her says the same thing, that she's just really nice, really good at checking in, and she's on, like, just on top of her stuff, like, and I can see it, too. She's, like, a very genuine person, so that's amazing, and seven and a half years later, you are there still today. Now, you host a chart show, which is, like, the top chart songs worldwide being played, and then you also host the Pop Hits radio show, which is one of my personal favorites, because you dive into, like, a lot of old catalogs in the particular year. Um, how, like, do you have a lot of say so when it comes to what's being played on each show? Um, yeah. Nice. I mean, yeah, the thing about the Apple Music One show is uh, we pull, there's a playlist actually inside Apple Music, the top 100 global playlist. So mm-hmm. it's all of the countries that we broadcast to. And as we've, like, you know, grown over the last seven years, we, we add to that. Uh-huh. Um, but we pull the top 20 from that every day. So it's like literally the listener-based show on Apple Music. Like, what are you listening to? What are you streaming on Apple Music? That's where you find it. Uh, but we also have these cool moments in the show where we do, like, a chart extra. Like, very simple. You know, Apple, like, everything's, like, very simple. Right. It's minimalist. Uh, yeah, um, But we have chart extra moments, which is really great because at first we started it just to kind of break up the show because the monotony of the show was kind of like, okay – Music moves pretty slow as far as streaming and uh, just big hits. Right. You know, like, um, build. So it was a way for us to kind of shake the show up and be like, okay, let's change it up. Let's play this song. Let's add this artist. Like, oh, did you know today is this person's birthday? We're going to play this song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it became more of a platform where we started showcasing a lot of smaller artists, you know, artists that were starting their story on Apple Music. We're building them up. We're, we're giving them that opportunity um, on this platform to kind of have that open door for them. And so it's really become a really great way to help independent artists, yeah. Um, help smaller artists, artists that are on TikTok that are having a massive moment, uh, and their songs are really great. Um, people being able to tell their stories, like it's become a really awesome way to help smaller artists, which I absolutely love because there's just so much music out there. It's like, how do you cut through? Right. Uh, and I feel like that is really cool. So me and my team get to pick that. It's me, my two producers, Josh and Jerrica, who are, like, the fucking coolest. I love them so much. Um, but, yeah, we get to pick all the songs that we want to do each day. Um, 
we are we're not picky, but we're really selective on like interviews that we want to do, artists we want to showcase. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. How is this going to benefit them? Or yeah. like you genuinely really love the music. Like right. So that way we're not faking the funk, you know? So as far as that, that's how we get to kind of choose with that show. And then Pop Hits was really fun because, uh, again, it's like a playlist-based uh, based show where it's like based on certain years. So Pop Hits from the year 2003, 2004. And then we picked the ones, me and my producer and uh, Angelica, where we would decide, like, okay, these are the ones that are the favorites from the, like, we love these. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it wasn't, like, the biggest hits. From right. The, it was, like, what are the ones that we love? What are the deep cuts? What are the ones that we hear? And it's, like, okay, this takes me back. Because for me, Pop Hits was such a little baby for me. Because I had already been working at Apple for, like, six and a half years, um, seven years almost, mm-hmm. before we made this little uh, show happen. Mm-hmm. I need something different. They're like, okay, we'll go make something. I was like, okay. <laughs> came up with this idea, me and a few other people. And it was really fun to make because, like, I love throwback. Like, it's just Me fun. too. Me like, too. That's fun to dive yes. into. I feel like you get this. Like, we have to listen to so much new music all the time. Yes. I'm constantly listening to artists that send me their music. Like, by the way, if artists send me their music in my email, like, I listen to it. I listen to it on Instagram. Like, I'll find people on Instagram and DM them, like, yo, I like the song, come on my show. Um, but it's fun to just go back and be like, okay, I want, like, a comfort listen. Right. Like, like the hit songs of 2002 and, like, break it down with Sean Paul and Beyonce. Uh-huh. You know, like, for me, that is so much fun because we're constantly living in this world of, like, now, 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 what's new, what's next, what's happening, and then being able to just go back and just not that we're not enjoying music, but being able to go back and just, like, enjoy music in a different way. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do. I mean, it's always good to kind of go back and just reminisce because, like you said, everything is just so instant and now. So I really feel like music, you have to sit with it. You have to really, like, be present with it and enjoy it. You can't listen to it one time and just be, oh, it's good or it's bad. You have to really, like, dwell in the music and let it take you forever, you know. Um, But I'm glad you brought that up because I I think you're going to like the game that I play um, at the end of the show. So... Um, but right now, everyone's posting like the replay list of the 2022. Who are some artists that made your top five list? Oh, my replay list? That's <laughs> <laughs> you know so funny. Is what? My replay list is hilarious because it's just so me. I love <laughs> like Harry Styles, number one played album. And I was like, yeah, that seems about right. And it was like, Harry Styles, number one artist. I was like, yeah, that seems about right. And it was like, Taylor Swift. I was like, yeah. <laughs> If you go down and you looked in like my top ten artists, mm-hmm. there was a Fleetwood Mac, um, Elton John. Mm-hmm. I also play on my HomePod all the time at home. Not only am I listening to new albums that come out, I'm also like we were just talking about listening to all of my favorites of just like things that make me feel good around the house when I'm just vibing or whatever. But yeah, it was like Pop Central this year. Pop Central on, uh, <laughs> on my my playlist, which was really funny. I feel like. The previous years have been a little bit more of a mixture, and this year it was just straight up like, no. Yeah. This year. <laughs> I saw that Harry Styles made a lot of people's lists. And listen, I think Harry Styles, like, his, he had an amazing year. I mean, his album yeah. was tremendously great. So I, I can see how he made it to a lot of people's top. Like, he was just so oh. good. So good. His album is so good. Yes. Huge, yes. Like, that says a lot. Also, I feel like it's fun, too, right? Because One Direction came out, or they, like, started to blow up in 2012, which is when I was working in Palm Springs at Unity 2. Uh-huh. So it was funny, because I remember I being like, what, like, what is, who's One Direction? Like, I wasn't, like, watching The X Factor, you know what I mean? And then, <laughs> and then you're watching Harry be, like, a massive, massive superstar, and then also being somebody who grew up with NSYNC and watched Justin Timberlake. Become yes. Funny to kind of watch it yeah. in a world, if that makes sense. No, know? it it does. Because when One Direction first came out, I I mean, I really didn't think that they were going to be yeah, as right. far. Like, I I just wasn't paying close attention to it. I don't know. Maybe because I just felt like Jonas Brothers was, like, the last band that, the last boy band that was, like, very successful. But I wasn't, but I wasn't paying close attention to it either. So to see what Harry has created over the years is, like, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. But I, it's amazing, too. He's like an entertainer through and through. Yes. 
Uh, speaking of new music that you mentioned that you listen to a lot, who are some artists right now that you think that a lot of us listeners should kind of keep an ear out for? Um, my brain is going to need to process. Let me see. I might need to go for my phone. Okay. <laughs> crazy is that I play so much music and I play so much new music all the time, like literally every single day. Uh-huh. Um, but sometimes I'm like, hold on. Who am I loving right now? You know what's funny is I'm trying to think of like new artists that I'm like, okay, you have to, you have to know this artist. Yeah. Um, oh, Lola Zwei. She's like having her moment. I think she's absolutely fantastic. I love her. Her music is really fun. And she's, uh, with this latest album, like taking listeners on a different journey. Um, did did you say Lola Wood? Is that what you said? No, no, no. Lola, Lola Zwei. Lola Zwei. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I love her. I want to look um, her up too. Are you? Oh, you know what? This is not a new artist, but like I love that she's finally having her moment. Kim Petras, like I've been a Kim Petras fan. Kim Petras, okay. I feel like a lot of people are finally learning about her because of Unholy and the Sam Smith record. Mm-hmm. But Kim has been out here incredible pop music, and I love that she's finally having that moment. And I hope that this is kind of like a jumping off point for her to continue to keep moving forward because she, she's incredible. Mm-hmm. She is fantastic. Um, she has a great voice. Yeah. She has a really great she's voice. So good. Like, I hope that anybody who loves the song Unholy decides to go back and listen to her music by herself because <laughs> she just has so many, like, I do love pop music. It's just ideal. <laughs> like, I love her. Um, Next year um, is the first year that Apple Music is I'm sponsoring the Super Bowl halftime show. Rihanna's performing. Huge deal. I'm excited. I don't know about you, but I'm super excited. Uh, do you know anything about her performance that she can share with us? Oh, my God. I wish. I wish I had details. No, but um, I know that I'm working on some fun stuff. Like, there's going to be just, like, a lot to, like, build it up. Okay. Um, but I think, I think that we should expect nothing but greatness. Yes. I- going to be incredible because there's a reason that she waited right mm-hmm. rating, like drop r9 drop r9 um so i feel like are we gonna get an album like i don't know anything also by the way like everything is super under wraps and like super tightly closed but as somebody who's just a rihanna fan i'm like damn either like is she gonna drop the album that night is right it, like, I like there has to be something really fun and really like yeah. big Yes, I agree. The Black Panther song, which was absolutely beautiful, the tribute to Chadwick Boseman, and and she just sounds incredible on it. But it's like that's I think her inching her way back. Mm -hmm. Like I'm excited to see what it sounds like. Also, you know, I don't know how new the music will be that if and when she drops music because she's become a mom since then. Right. Writing your outlook on life, like all that changes too. but, like, you're not going to do this, the Super Bowl halftime show without new music, I don't think. Well, you know, it's funny you said that. So my friends and I were having a debate, and I don't know. I really think I really think that she may drop the album after the Super Bowl performance because, like, she has so much classics to where, like, she could perform anything and not have anything 100%. new. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I don't think she's going to perform a new song. But we're, I'm going to be surprised if she does. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. It's so crazy. The Super Bowl halftime show is the craziest thing. I think they get what? They get eight minutes to perform and they only get like, I forgot how much it is. It is insane to set up and break down and get the whole thing. It's like, I think they get 13 minutes tops. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's like 12 or 13. Yeah, 12, yeah. It's wild. It's wild. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm excited. I live, like, by the way, I like football a lot. Like, I was watching football this morning. Uh huh. Uh, no will you be in arizona for the super bowl well i hope so i think i'm i think i'm gonna try to go okay yeah um oh man i freaking love the super bowl by the way me too me too like everybody hangs out yeah the halftime show is always like a really big deal you get to eat a lot of food and just hang out is football america's pastime or is baseball i don't know that's a, <laughs> you know, I really don't ever get FOMO, but I want to say last year, 
for the Super Bowl. I mean, went last year, this year, this year's Super Bowl, I got FOMO. Like, oh my gosh. She's like in our backyard and I can't go. But yeah, um, yeah, it's gonna be amazing. So another thing, another artist I want to talk about who it has been really, really, really just hitting the fan lately, Kanye West. Um, for the past few weeks, he's been saying a lot of unforgivable and outrageous things. Um, I really think nothing about it's entertaining. It's distasteful, um, dangerous, and disturbing to watch. But I'm curious, Brooke, do you feel like music platforms should probably just hold a beat on playing his music for a certain amount of time? Mm, yeah and no. It's weird because we can't say anything on behalf of Apple. Okay. With Apple in that way by right. any means. Um, but personally, I feel like when we're creating our shows or playing things, like we definitely don't play artists or we feel like they don't align with our values. It could be either something inappropriate happened, like Kanye speaking out, numerous times about highly, highly inappropriate and uh, not true things. Um, or if something else has happened too, like we can be like, no, we're not going to play like that. Play that like, that's not the vibe. You know what mm. I mean? Like we've done that many, many times. Um, it's weird though. It's like definitely interesting times. And I feel yeah. like somebody being an artist doesn't give them an excuse. Right. You know, having mental health issues doesn't give them an excuse to just go off and say, things like that because there's so many of us who deal mm-hmm. um, nobody's going out of their way to say things it's hard you can't stand with an artist right now that are that's saying those things you know what I mean like of course not you gotta stand with the people who deserve the respect and the love and the light that they need so that whole situation is honestly just really heavy and really wild and really sad yes I agree do you think it's potential for him to make a comeback like, do you think that he can actually be forgiven and, like, I don't know, maybe start touring again? Do you see that in his future? I don't know. The cancel culture is really interesting, too. Yeah, it is. Um, but mm, it's weird. I feel like I'm always going to remember, right, like, the things that he's done. Because like, right now, as of right now, I'm like, nah, I'm good. Like, right, right. Know, like, just not cool um and you're you're like completely in the wrong but also like if he may be genuinely down the road like will he mean it though like will he 100% mean it not saying anything like this again yeah first time that he's kind of lashed out right it's not the first time and it's probably not gonna be the last time exactly yeah yeah, constantly have to ask for forgiveness but then you like don't genuinely mean it like do you deserve that right (sighs) heavy heavy well, one, on a lighter note, <laughs> one thing, Brooke, that I noticed about you is that you are a really genuine people person, and you love making people feel comfortable and laugh and just have a good time. Would you consider yourself an extrovert? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I've always considered myself both. Like, being, quote, like, on is my job. It's my job to be at the office yeah. and be food and be in the studio and be lively and be happy and... If I'm having a bad day or if I'm sad, like, people know, what's wrong? Just because I'm <laughs> you know, Yeah. Like, really nice, though. People always consider it. Um, but I do love being at home. Like, I am a home body. Like, I'll go out and I'll still, like, get crazy. Uh-huh. But, like, I love being home. I love being by myself. Like, one of my favorite hobbies is cooking because I can be in complete silence. You know? Like, mm-hmm. I put on it's like my therapy like me time yeah I get to just be but yeah I'm like a little bit of both but obviously I feel like people would see me and think that I'm an extrovert because I'm so loud and crazy and wild <laughs> it's also a lot of like making other people comfortable too because it's much easier for me to start a conversation continue a conversation versus some people you know like social anxiety and things like that are really real so I like to be a buffer for people if they do feel that type of way right a lot of work for me to do it you mm-hmm. know um you do have a lot of cooking videos that you post as well what is one one thing that you really enjoy cooking the most is like your go-to comfort food um i feel like i make mexican food a lot like mexican flavors i'm not necessarily making like enchiladas or something like that but i like mexican food because i feel like the flavors are so good and i love like a homemade salsa like i just make 
I was gonna bring that up. I was gonna I was gonna say like I saw that she made that and I'm obsessed with Pozole. Like every time the holidays come around, I'm asking all my close lad friends like Pozole, like can we make an exchange? I'll make you some mac and cheese and like cornbread over here and we can exchange for, for Pozole. I'll make you some. It was so good. Okay, this is what happened. I went to the grocery store and I was picking up some stuff and I saw tomatillos and I was like, oh shoot. Like they're already husked, you know, like they're already clean. Yeah. Yeah, I'm make a salsa. And then I was like, oh, I have hominy at home. Like I'll just make pozole. So then I like picked up chicken. Like that's literally how my brain went. And then I've made it a few times, but this time I think is like the recipe, like the moment. This is the I, one. This is the one. It was <laughs> Did you save some for your family so they can try it? Like your mom or your dad? No? Yeah, I'll have to, though. No, but I, I cook a lot, like, for my family. Like, when I went home for uh, Thanksgiving, I made the mac and cheese, the green bean casserole, like, the mashed potato. Like, I make, like, a lot of the food. Okay. I just do. I like cooking. It's, like, my way of showing people I care. Yeah. Yeah. You're So, um, acts of service is one of your love languages, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Acts Absolutely. of service. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also came across not so long ago one of your um older videos you posted on YouTube about how to find a therapist, and you have been very transparent about you going to therapy. Um, how has therapy have helped you, and what made you want to like start going to therapy? Yeah. Um, I'm a huge, huge, huge believer in therapy. Massive believer. Um, well, if I wasn't gonna be in radio, I was gonna be a therapist. Like, oh, okay. I was getting my minor. I was gonna major in psychology. Like that's what I was gonna do. Mm-hmm. I love figuring out like why people are the way they are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just interesting to me. And so, I first went to therapy actually back when I was like 23. Um, I had to go like in college, so I went when I was like 20, and then I decided to go to a therapist after, and I went when I was like 23. For a little bit, like always short bursts. Like it was like my parents were getting divorced, so I was kind of like having a hard time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just like figuring out why. And then when I got older, I had like moved to LA, I'd been here a few years, I'd been through some like really uh difficult like personal health issues and things like that. And I just felt like I needed a way to work through those because they were affecting me more than I thought they were. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is really interesting. Like usually I've been able to kind of bounce back from things or work through them or you know, read like self help books and they kind of give you like a nice That's amazing. Why I was feeling the way I was, like how to deal with those issues when they arose too. Like if I'm feeling some type of way, then I know like how to deal with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. um, Also, people were always so embarrassed. Like one of my girlfriends, Chelsea, lives in New York. Um, Like she would, you know, tell people like, "Oh, I have an appointment after work," but it was like to go to therapy because nobody was being open and honest about it. Mm -hmm. Or actually work and like, okay, I'm gonna go to therapy. Like you know, like yeah. Right. So I can be better to myself and better to the people around me. You know, like I feel like people always think you have to go to therapy when like a big issue arises or mm-hmm. happens. And it's like, nah, you can just go to kind of like talk about your life. Like, yeah. Work, like, go lay it on your therapist and then go about your day so you don't have to like lay it on your friends or lay it on your significant other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so much more healthy. And I feel like people also don't utilize, um, tools and figuring out like how easy it is to find a therapist too like yeah, sometimes you got to go through and like find the right one but i just went to psychologytoday.com by the way and just like looked in and then you can put in like all the filters and find somebody to go talk to so like if anybody's interested in going or intrigued like i highly recommend you doing it because i promise you it'll be for the better i'm like a huge therapy advocate like i tell everyone i'm like everyone should go to therapy i agree with you though brooke like i think everyone should go to therapy because um even if like you don't have like a significant issue that happened like it is very beneficial to talk your problems out no matter what you're going through or just to have more of a different perspective on things you know um i started going to therapy in 2018 and i also went on psychology today i didn't even like see your video at the time and i did but 
Um, I was living here in L.A. at the time, and it was just really, really, really kind of dark for me. It was kind of like my mind was just cloudy a lot of the time. And I wanted to go to a therapist outside of L.A. because I, I, I want the, like, the disconnection, like, that's not so industry-driven, you know? And I was like, I just Googled, like, psych, um, psychologist in the Inland Empire, and I found the right one that was for me, but it was on the actual Psychology Today website. But I agree. I feel like now, because of therapy, I've been, like, way more self-aware of myself and can, like, really identify and navigate, like, my feelings. So. Love that so much. I'm actually looking to go back to therapy because unfortunately my therapist passed away. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, so I stopped going to therapy like right before, um, right before the pandemic. Okay. Like crazy stuff went down with my therapist. It was like, dude, it was crazy. She had like, it's like in the news, but because I don't like it's really dark and stuff. But like basically, like she like had a crazy stalker and like it like was her demise. So, like, I found out on social media, mm-hmm. like, because somebody was randomly friends, like, with my therapist, <laughs> they were, like, rest in peace, and I was, like, what? And I remember I had therapy, like, the next day, and I was, like, with my boyfriend, and I was, like, um, I think my therapist, like, I think my therapist died, and he's, like, are you serious? And I was, like, yes, and I, like, didn't know what to do, because you become so attached to your therapist. You do, yeah. Right, but like you're so used to like they know your deepest, darkest secrets, like the things that you like only would say to yourself, you say to your therapist once you're in a really great place. So I remember I like mourned her for a really long time because <sighs> I was so sad because I would like miss her, right? You know, right, when I was going through something. Um, but I went, I, but then the pandemic happened, and I was like, well, we got to be home anyways. <laughs> Nobody was necessarily doing telehealth at the time. I was like, you know, and she like left me some really good tools, but now I'm like, okay, it's been a few years, like I kind of want to go back now, maybe start like. Just figuring out where I'm at now because I'm in a completely different place than I was three years ago, like yeah. most of the world. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, you mentioned that um, self-help books. You used to read some of those too. Is there a certain book that you recommend that you think everyone should read, whether no matter what time like you know they are in their life, but it's a really good self-help book that can benefit them? Um, yeah, there's this little book, and the reason I like it is because I found it at Barnes & Noble one day in like, the little like deals section. Uh-huh. I would just go, and I still do, I'll, like, peruse through. Um, it's called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, and it's all small stuff. <laughs> and I love it because you can go through it, and you can just pick it up and read any page. Like, you don't have to necessarily um, – you don't have to necessarily, um, like, sit and read it, like, front to back. Like, mm-hmm. okay, rules. Like, I have those books that I love as well, but I love these for, like, a daily pick-me-up. Yeah. If you're, like, something, or maybe, like, a coworker made you upset, or maybe, like – a project didn't go the way you wanted, like, it's nice to kind of just read it and then be like, okay, you take it, break it down for what it is, and it kind of just, like, gives you that, like, moment of, like, it's not that serious. Like, yeah. Not, what we're doing is not that serious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I like that one. Don't sweat the small stuff. It's all small stuff. Don't sweat the small stuff. Okay, I'm going to write that down. So you have that book, and then you also mentioned, um, like, cooking is therapeutic for you. Is there anything else that you kind of turn to for a sense of, like, comfort when you have, like, those tough days? Music. Music, yeah. Yeah. Universal music. language right there. For real, that's why I always yeah. say um, music is like self-healing. You know what I mean? Do you have like any album? Because I have albums that I listen to and they immediately are connected to like a certain period in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, ab- absolutely. <laughs> like music is so healing. So I feel like for me, I wrap myself up in two things. Um, music and movies. Like if I'm really going through, like if I'm having like maybe a depressive episode, you know, where like I feel it coming on, I'm like, okay, rom coms. Like I'm like, what rom coms? <laughs> me too. Me too. I love rom coms. Like that's the ultimate pick me up right there. Yes. Like I literally went through. Oh my god. I was kind of. I don't know. You know how like I, this is me. <laughs> sometimes depression is so like I can't get out of bed I can't get in the shower which like sometimes it is that way but sometimes it's also just like man like I'm feeling like really in the slump and I feel myself being like sad and I don't know why I'm sad right you're supposed to, like function go to work but you're just feeling like less than yourself yeah and whenever I get into that area like I feel it coming on and then I'm like okay rom-com it up because they're just like so light and lively and yes they, have to be, they feel good and they're like a nice escapism mm-hmm do you have any, like, favorite rom-coms? Like, I know there's, like, the classics, but I have, like, mine that I go back to where I'm, like, these are the ones that I'm going to watch, like, religiously. It doesn't matter how many times I've watched them. 
Um, for me, Fifty First Dates is one of them. The, the Fifty First Dates, The Wedding Singer. Um, what's another one that I really enjoy? I actually like Think Like a Man. I know that's like a like a not like probably like a classic, but I like Think Like a Man. That's a good one too. Um, what's another one? Oh, I can't think of it. Is it is it Saving Saving Marshall with the Mila Kunis and what's the other guy's name? Saving Sarah Marshall, right? That's the name of it. Oh yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. That's a really good one too. Yeah. Was so yes, yes. So Which one's yours? What which one's your favorite? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. is 13 going on 30 that's probably like ultimately my favorite 13 going on 30 i could watch that anytime anytime Like, I'm clearly drunk. My eyes are like, <laughs> I'm 
That's so funny. The, the, the irony is like back to back with the picture comes out and it's like, oh, cancel. <laughs> Okay, 2004, Usher Confessions, part two. (laughs) This album, you know, this album is iconic. This reminds me of high school, 100%. Me and my girlfriends, I was on cheer in high school, Mm -hmm. and um, my girlfriends, Crystal and Kylie, we were, like, obsessed with this album. We would stream it on stuff, and I think we had it on um, an iPod mini, Uh I think that was all of us. Like, <laughs> like I'm 15 or 14, like, I had no idea what was going on. Like, man, I was emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I was in eighth grade when that album came out, and me and my friends played it nonstop, like, like front to back nonstop, and couldn't relate to it. Like, we didn't have a huge breakup, or we didn't cheat on somebody. Like, it was just like. You know what's funny is You Don't Have to Call is still probably one of my, like, top 10 favorite songs of all time that just, like, makes me feel good. Mm hmm. Okay, we're going to keep it in the same year. Last one right here, Gwen Stefani, Hollaback Girl. Damn, this was a moment, too. Everyone was singing this song. Again, when I think of those years, this is when I was in high school, so I'm just thinking about, like, hanging out with my friends. Like, we had our little friend group. What's funny is that they all still technically, like, hang out on Riverside. Um, they still have, like, their Friendsgiving. I'm not included, apparently. Uh, <laughs> That is so funny. That Hollaback Girl was on my MySpace page. I remember. It was. (laughs) I feel like we're aging ourselves right now. (laughs) Um, Remember how, like, if you move people from your top eight, like, people are like, are you mad at me? (laughs) It was a huge thing, right? Like, oh, and then, and then, and then because everyone was so upset about it, it's like MySpace, like, new, and they make it the top 25. I'm like, okay, we're taking it just too extreme. Yeah, it's not the same at all. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, such a good moment. Do you have time for one more song? Yeah. Okay, let's do 2000 P. Diddy featuring Jenny Ryan, I Need a Girl Part 2. Oh, oh my god, why are you picking like <laughs> of my entire like teenhood? You're playing like all of my teen music. This reminds me of like when we would have high school parties uh-huh. that we would stay, like we were staying the night at somebody's house, but we would go to like my friend's house whose like parents were out of town. Or like whatever, and like we weren't doing anything crazy, you know what I mean? But we were just being high school kids, trying to have a little fun and cut loose. Um, and that's what that reminds me of, because the playlist was just like so good that year. Oh my gosh, wow! I think it was like my junior year, I want to say. So like you're getting a little bit like toward the end of like your high school career. Yeah. Getting ready to like be a little bit of like a young adult. Um, yeah, that's what I think of when I think of that song. I think of high school parties and just like. Yeah, just being carefree, living life, just casually. Oh, no Yes. To like become who you are. Such a weird cycle. 
I know. For me, I'm I'm already I'm thirty. I'll be thirty one in April, but I feel like everything just hit me like at one time, probably anywhere between like twenty four or twenty five is when like reality really like settled in. I'm like, dang. I'm no longer a child. I'm not a young adult anymore. Like, everything's just hitting me so fast. Remember when we were talking about being, like, your brain fully forming at 25? Yeah. Like, I remember my uh, my family, like, my aunts and stuff, because I have uh, three aunts. They would be like, oh, like, you start to figure out who you are around, like, 25, 26. And yep. then, like, who you are is kind of, like, who you'll be. Right. Not that you're not able to, like, change, but, like, the morals you have in place and, like, the standards that you have, like, those will kind of just be who you are moving forward there's not so much of the fluctuation of being confused or figuring things out you know which is wild so that's why like when that starts to happen everything feels a little bit like heavier because yeah. it feels more like real life it does it does yeah. brooke it's always a great time talking to you i love catching up with you we got to do it in person please yes seriously i know i'm like the worst at scheduling <laughs> Thank you. You know, you and I are a lot alike in the sense of, like, coming from, like, smaller upbringings, and we weren't necessarily just out here able to kind of, like, make connections. We yeah. We had to, like, hustle, reach out, do all the things. Like, it's fun to see you be so successful where you're at now. Um, and just, it's nice. Like, I love watching my friends and people I care about shine. Like, truly. Like, I love watching people shine. I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> Thank you. You know, catching up with Brooke Reese is never a dull moment. And there's two takeaways I have here from this conversation. First thing is work hard. Um, As we both know that working hard really gets you far in places no matter what you're doing. And Brooke mentioned that she was working at two radio stations at the same time doing pretty much every single position in the building. And that right there, without even knowing it, prepared her for her opportunity that she has right now at Apple Music. Second big takeaway is relationships are key um you know i met brooke reese over an email one simple email from then on we kept in touch and now i I consider her a friend i mean i could reach out to her anytime for advice uh to hang out it's just anything so uh no matter what you're doing no matter what you're setting remember that relationships are a big part of your career generally um make genuine relationships and make sure you uh keep up with them too Now, of course, please don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast if you love what you're listening to. And um, I'll catch you next time right here on the Biggie Podcast. Thanks for listening.